is Object to This, tonight's Attorney Fancast. I'm Stephanie. Ni hao. I'm from Russia. I'm Michelle Trebien. I am also from Russia. <laughs> oh no, someone's been murdered. <laughs> That's not usually what this podcast it happens on this podcast. I'm also from Russia. Who's this dead person on our podcast? Hello. I've been gone a while. Oh, it's Jesse. <laughs> oh, hello, Jesse. Welcome to Hi. Russia. Welcome to the Russia podcast. Yeah, Russia is great this time of year. I don't know. Well, Jesse, I don't know if you heard, but DGS happened. <laughs> yeah, I. But yeah, DGS. I played a case. Hopefully, it, too. Hopefully, the correct one. Oh, did that's you, good. I played both cases, the first and the second. So <laughs> okay, I was going to say, how did you skip one to go to the second <laughs> one? You had one assignment. It was to finish case two, I guess. <laughs> it does let you skip case, skip around in the cases. You can pick which case to start with. I didn't realize that, actually. Hey, we all learned something. That's crazy. I didn't know that. How dare you educate me? Uh, hey, Michelle, is there news? Um, surprisingly, yeah. So it's so uh, no spoil, no spoilers for the no- people who care about that until after the news. So yes, there's news. Um, the news these days is in the Western news is wow, DGS is out. Look at all the fan art. The the but what's what's going on in Japan? In our close neighbor to Russia, Japan. Um. um. I mean, they've got that arcade. They've got Joyopolis. They've they got have... tissue box boxes. You're exactly right. They do have that. There's there's multiple exciting things happening in in Japan world. First, let's talk about our favorite thing, the Capcom Cafe. Oh. Um. So as you know, it's the 20th anniversary, right? It's already the 20th really? anniversary. It's the 20th anniversary of Ace Attorney, um, and I'm trying to translate an entire webpage while I'm talking. <laughs> okay, it is it is the 20th anniversary, and Capcom Cafe has a 20th anniversary collaboration. Um, and so they have, like, a little cute art with, I don't even know if it's, like, a menu situation. I think it's just, like, a, it's just a situation um. Uh, but I think the anniversary is in October because a lot of shit's happening in October for Ace Attorney. Anyway, so they've released um like art for the twentieth anniversary collaboration for Capcom Cafe, and it's the the DGS crew on one side, um, um, and it's the like all of I kind of our main people, but not all of them from the OG trilogy and Apollo Justice on the left side, like Apollo, Phoenix, Edgy, Maya, Trucy, Clavier, and Blackwill. Athena gets mad shafted for this one, baby. <laughs> As always. And Franzi. Like, it's like, oh, we have most of the prosecutors, but, you know, like, not all of the prosecutors. But now, here's my main problem with this, because everyone is in very, like, fancy outfits, and I enjoy them, and I think they would look really good if they were not all chibis they're all chibis fam they're just chibis so you can't really see the outfits follow up apollo's in the middle and that seems like 
too much credit to him. Somebody let the Capcom Cafe know. <laughs> oh. Can you can you voice your hmm. disappointment? Walk walk me through the disappointment. So my first response is like, oh no, this is still kind of cute. I mean, but then like the more I look at it, the more I'm like, no, I want this to be like the the good art. I wanted to say the hot art, but that's not how I feel about these characters. But I want the hot art, you know. You, just because you don't, you ain't thirsty for them, doesn't mean you want them to not be living their best lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're full-on Sailor Moon chibis. <laughs> they're very much chibis. And it's funny because they're not... I would not even say that they're, like, modern chibis. I would no. say they are, like, 2005 chibis, which is very strange. They give me, like, a Gaia Online chibi vibe. Very Gaia mm-hmm. Online, yes. I don't know what it is. There's just something about Apollo that I don't like the most. It's because he's full forward. Apollo is he, facing forward and fa- and centered. Like, everyone else has a slight tilt. I think that it's because of all of these people, Apollo looks like he's from Vampire Night. Mm, that might be. He looks like a fucking vampire Bishonen for some reason. And it's weird because they're all chibis. <laughs> and Edgeworth is there. If anyone's going to give you a vampire <laughs> Bishonen vibe. Yeah, it should be Edgeworth, but Edgeworth just looks like he's... Like, Varen... He looks like a shitty Dracula. I don't know what you're talking about. I was going to say, yeah. Edward looks like unfinished Sephiroth fan art. <laughs> but um, Baron Baroque Von Zeeks is there as Dracula, not looking as much like a vampire. So I want to yeah. give people, like, the sense of what we mean by fancy outfits if they can't look at this picture or locate it seven years from now. Um, when we say, like, fancy, like, Phoenix is wearing, like, a pinstripe blue vest, but, like, also a long, like, floor-length Overcoat. Trench? I want to say trench coat, but it, it looks like a suit jacket that's just really long. Yeah, like a tuxedo jacket that you just continue, that just dre- goes further. But Stephanie, you're being very generous here with these descriptions because since it's a chibi, is a fat head on chibi body, it is hard to make out the outfits because the outfits are very tiny. They are very tiny, but just to give the sense, like they're, like Ryu, Ryunosuke, um, and uh, and Kazuma, best friend from uh, DGS. I'm sorry, Gacht. Um, they're wearing like they're, like they have epaulets. Like they're more period costumes. Everyone on that side, um, and then everyone on the nor- like the other side, the the OG side. They're wearing closer to like suits. Maya and Tr- Trucy has more of like frills. It's a very cute dress, but I don't know what. I don't want to say the word Lolita because not Lolita. Well, no, because so I think Trucy and um, Maya, I've Ivy or what's her fucking name, Iris. Iris? Sorry, I haven't met her yet. I'm from Russia. Um, <laughs> Trucy and Iris look like magical girls. Yeah, yeah. Like they're dressed like magical girls. Trucy gives you more Mary Mary Poppins vibes, and I can't quite explain well, why. Mary Poppins is still a magical girl. <laughs> Oh, you know what? That's very true. It's, like, white dress right. Mary Poppins. Look, Jesse's right. This is why we bring Jesse on once a year, is to be right. <laughs> and then Maya's, I, I can't really tell because her body is so tiny. I feel like she's wearing, like, a, a, a ball a gown? A sexy dress. A yeah. sexy, high-slit, mermaid-tailed ball gown. Yeah, and she's doing, like, a spin with it, so it's all flared out, but, like, we can't really make out Maya's outfit, but... Wow, if they were drawn hot, we'd be able to see it, wouldn't we? Yeah. yeah. 
He's um, like, Phoenix's vest looks like it has pinstripes that we can't see because it's tiny. I'm just Apollo's fully... also has pinstripes. They're just red on red, and they're yeah. also very tiny. I'm just amazed that, like, we have had a lot of art from the Capcom Cafe, and it's all been, um, let me say this, hideously ugly, but extremely well-drawn and detailed. And then the, for this one, the 20th anniversary, we're like, nah, budget. Nah, budget. I just was remembered about the last insult that the Capcom Cafe graced <laughs> us with. <laughs> Which one was that? The one where they were all in, like, I don't know, like, old British uniforms? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, yes. Yeah. It was very upsetting to look upon. But we talked well about drawn. it for a long time. But it was well drawn. But okay, let's keep it tight because we can't do this all night, even though we no. probably <laughs> would if we want to. Okay, bigger news is um, there's currently an event going on that is Capcom versus Osamu Tezuka's characters. Who? Uh, and so Osamu Tezuka, as far as I can tell, he's the, the guy who did... Um, Astro Boy and oh. a bunch of other shit uh, in that sort of like Astro Boy heavily um, Disney influenced style. Gotcha. Um, I cannot, the, the event is ticketed, but I cannot for the life of me figure out what the event is, like what you would be buying tickets to see. But the important news is Homeboy did Blackjack and so the Ace Attorney one is Blackjack versus Ace Attorney. Oh yeah. Michelle and I are very big Blackjack fans. But we haven't watched any Blackjack, but we love Blackjack. <laughs> I have watched Blackjack. You I... have, we've watched some, but I haven't watched enough for the amount that I love Blackjack. <laughs> Let's pause for a second, because we have talked about Blackjack on the podcast before, but I never expect anyone to remember. So Blackjack is old, old anime, heavily inspired, back when anime was like very Disney-inspired, Blackjack is a, a doctor who's been d- disbarred. <laughs> he's been yeah. doctor disbarred because he's he uh, works for money. Is what it seemed to be like. The reason he was di- he was lost his medical license is because he charged people money for surgeries. Um, and he has a tiny girl sidekick, and he just kind of roves the countryside. And anytime anyone has a odd medical challenge kind of like house md now that we're all too now that that's an outdated reference he would come in and he'd be like well i'm the best surgeon in the world i'll fix you but it'll be for 50 million dollars oh and then he'll do it and then he won't actually charge them and then he'll walk into the sunset or whatever yep yep oh and his face is all fucked up he's got like frankenstein stitches all over his face anyway uh, blackjack uh versus ace attorney is probably the best pairing I can think of. <laughs> yeah, we lucked out on that one. Uh, yeah, so very good. Um, they're going to be busy doing Mega Man versus Astro Boy. Like, that's like, that's not even Batman versus Superman. That's like Kirby versus Blue Kirby or something. Like, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Ace Attorney versus Blackjack, very cool. You can, if you're in Japan, you can buy tickets to the event um but there's also going to be four frame manga at the event i've done a google translate on the website cannot figure out what this event is only Uh, that it will be october 1st through october 18th during business hours maybe it's just a museum 
hey, general admission is 600 yen. Students get in for 500 yen. Nice. It's like a whole dollar. That's like a whole dollar. Um, um, whatever. That's the news. That was uh, surprising news, honestly. Oh, last news. Uh, 20th anniversary, Famitsu is going to have a, a spread for the 20th anniversary in the tw- October 21st issue of Famitsu. That's it. Okay. That's the news. We might have some Famitsu art next episode. Uh, if you ever yeah, forget nice. what the event is, give us an email. Curious, but I I don't read Japanese. So. Yeah. I don't have the time to try and translate it. Yeah, so you don't know Japanese nearly at all anymore. I'm relearning because Jing and I do plan to go to Japan in the next You can say whatever you want. You you barely know Japanese at this point. <laughs> you can say whatever you want to help yourself sleep at night, Jesse. We know you barely know <laughs> Japanese anymore. I was laughing because I was thinking of you and, and Jing walking into the Capcom Cafe and seeing that horrifying <laughs> phoenix with its fucked up hand. I got oh. I just had that. I had the, the, the strong mental image of that happening. <laughs> All right, I think we're going to start moving into spoiler territory for everybody who doesn't want them spoilers. We are going to uh, recap the second case of the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Um, I do have a couple of notes on the first case before we move on to the second case. So spoilers for those. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Okay. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Uh, So first thing is, speaking of Jing, I was sitting in a manager's meeting and I get a text message from Jing. Uh, she listens to the podcast, and this is how I find out, is uh, she entered the first stage of her break and where her swan comes to life is the most ridiculous I've ever heard on a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> what do you mean the swan has chicks and flies away to heaven? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is, Jane, listen, you can't keep doing this where you're like, Stephanie, Michelle, you're too unclear during the podcast. No, I mean that the swan has chicks. And fly, and she flies away to heaven. It's not yeah, a metaphor. That's what happens. It's literal. <laughs> um, so it was. Uh, you know, I mean, we're doing we're doing good. Uh, but it is wild, right? It is Every, wild. Everything's wild. Um, the other email we have is from Maddie. Hello, Maddie, our uh, faithful judicial assistant. Um. Thoughts of, uh, so far with the gameplay and, uh, just overall about the game, but not necessarily spoilers at all. Um, so we talked about how, like, the cases, like, the movements are really fluid, and Maddie really likes that about the game. It's just been, um, but re- some of Ryonosuke's sprites are upsetting. I assume she referring to when Ryonosuke flings back against the wall and, like, slouches over the desk because of his brain injury. <laughs> He has a couple of faces, too, that are, like, extremely sunken eyes faces, even in investigation. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yes, I agree. Very fluid, but it comes with the punishment of sometimes Rino's case upsetting. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the first case, that the uh, we, we were talking about how the trial, like, passed by weirdly, where they just kept making you feel like it was about to end and then it didn't. Yeah. Um. That uh, it was kind of weird to the extent that the rest of the game, the rest of the game is kind of weird like that. Not in a bad way, just weird. So kind of a heads up. Um, and Maddie also agrees that with the racism, it is very uncomfortable. And and apparently this is, from what she's read, it's even way toned down from the original Japanese release. release. And oh. that weird complicated <laughs> part of it's like intentional to make a point, but it does some of it doesn't seem as intentional and that part that makes it worse in a way 
and also agrees with me, a lot of the puns flew over her head. Uh, and some people online are having fandom discourse because a lot of the Japanese names may have been translated that way. Like the way to like, when you hear it out loud and kind of say it in an accent, that's how you hear the pun. And that's kind of racist. And that's yeah. possibly very racist. Yeah. Um, and so, but overly westernizing them is also yeah. problematic. Um, but overall, Maddie is really enjoying the characters in Gek and the cases are mostly fun and can't wait to see what we think. That's good. Well, thanks for emailing, Maddie. Like, I, I'm with you. I think I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Yep. Jesse, do you have any comments from the first case? Um, going through my notes. At some point, I wrote undergrad losers about, um, I can't remember their names. The wow. boys, Kazuma and Ryunosuke. Yes, Kazuma and Ryunosuke. So I thought they were undergrad losers at a point. They are. Correct. And also, my first note was, you're gonna die next case, Kazuma. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Case two. <laughs> okay. Case two. Um, What's the name of the case? Case two is the Adventure of the Unbreakable Speckled Band. Yeah. Which I will say, the Adventure of the Speckled Band, I think, is a Sherlock Holmes one, Stephanie. So that's why we start the case, bam! It's a storybook, parchment-y, ink cutscene where, like, it's parchment paper and the ink flows in to draw the scenes. And it's probably the word-for-word ending of that Sherlock Holmes case, the Adventure of the Speckled Band, where they, like, it's it's Sherlock, Sholmes, and what Wilson, and they're de- depicted in their, like, Victorian attire. Like, we're talking... From the books, right? Like, we're talking, when you think of Sherlock Holmes and Watson, like, Sherlock, like, bald Sherlock, portly Watson, like, we are, like, full-ass Sherlock holmes it right now. Okay, so, storybook. It's like, oh no, what is it? Sherlock goes, look over there, and from whatever emerges, a, the a speckled band, and Watson's like, oh, and then there's, like, a snake, right? That's what the storybook portion is. And, and Sherlock Holmes is like, the snake killed him, right? Cut to, we're on a boat. Um, beautiful anime cutscene of anime bishy Sherlock Holmes steampunking himself all over a room, right? Uh, he's got fancy gadgets. He's investigating. He's proclaimed that it's a locked room mystery. There's a dead body. It's quite clearly Kazuma. <laughs> it's very clearly Kazuma. But Sherlock... But Herlock, sorry, reads the message and it's like the body has got a like a finger that's covered in blood. And there's a message and it's in Russian and, and Herlock uses his magical shit, like steampunk shit to translate it. He's like, it's Russian. It says wardrobe. And then he goes to the wardrobe and it has a paper seal on it with Japanese characters. And he rips it off and he goes, oh, it's it's the victim is left us a final message and he like sprays shit finds fingerprints t- translates things and then he's he he's like oh i'm going to solve this murder immediately and then he throws up in the wardrobe right i thought you said um, throws up in the wardrobe no, i'm he, like i don't remember that part <laughs> open the wardrobe and then we fade to black fade in we're we're Ryunosuke. Uh, we wake up, we're groggy, we got a headache, we're like, what happened? We lift up our hands, our three-dimensional hands, <laughs> and we are wearing shackles because it's Ryunosuke who has been accused of murder. 
Again. Again. Um, and Susato's there, and she's like, how dare you? Why'd you do it? And you're like, where's Kazuma? And she's like, he's dead, bro. <laughs> so, here we are, everyone. Why is he so large on the cover if he's dead immediately? Because his shadow will be over the rest of the game or some shit. Why is he in all? Why is he in the Capcom Cafe art if he's dead immediately? Why is because there so much he's fan art? Cool. Then where is Mia all over okay, everything? Was he cool though? Anyway, let's continue with the case. We're going to discuss whether Kazuma's cool at the end of this case. That's fair. Uh, to Jesse's point about Mia, Mia's around. She's just inhabiting other people's bodies. Unless unless Kazuma's going to start spirit channeling into people, I don't think he's coming back. That's true, yeah. If, if Susato's a spirit channeler, then maybe we'll see Kazuma again. Or if your sword starts talking to you. It's oh, fuck. probably going to be that. <laughs> it better not. Anyway, table this. Let's keep going. Let's table it. Okay, so, backstory. Kazuma asked Ryanosuke to be a stowaway because we're because we're dumb undergrads. We're boys will be boysing it. Ryanosuke stows away on the ship to come to England. Uh, it's been 15 days since we left port. They chose not to tell Susato to protect her in case they were caught. Ryanosuke straight up hid in a wardrobe for 15 days. Um, Which... Yeah, we'll talk later. Which seems like Cosmo's a real dick, if that's the case. You know what I'm saying? The door locks from the inside. Like the door locks from the inside, but wouldn't Cosmo, like, lock the door and then be like, you can come out while I'm in the room, bro. Right? I think yeah. he was. He was allowed to come out, because that's no. when he would eat dinner on the table. And yeah. then when he'd go to sleepy time, he'd go back in the wardrobe for why, sleepy but time. why did he sleep in the wardrobe when he could have slept in the bed or on the floor because the door would be locked? Like, he didn't have to spend as much time in the closet as... It sounds like that's all he did except when eating. I feel like it was because, like, I guess, like, they weren't supposed to, like, have the doors locked all the time so people would walk in wherever the fuck they wanted to. That's what it felt like. I don't know why I'm excusing this behavior, but... (laughs) That's what I think was the the idea. Let's put another asterisk in the is Cosmo cool and is Cosmo (laughs) a good friend, okay? We're just going to put little asterisks next to that. Anyway, we are told he's cool and that he's a good friend, but let's look at the evidence, right? Anyway. (laughs) Oh no, we have such a bad headache. We don't remember anything. Susato really thinks we done did it because she's like, you know, the detective said you did it. Um... And you're like, I like, well, let me look around the room. And she fucking judo flips you. She calls it a Susato takedown and she flips Ryunosuke onto his back, which means like the whole room is upside down and she's upside down, which I think is fun. I, yeah, no, I like a Susato takedown. Susato takedown. Um, so anyway, she's like, you know, it's Ace Attorney, prove it. So you convince Susato that you, Ryunosuke, could not have sealed yourself back in the wardrobe because the wardrobe had one of those Japanese paper seals glued onto it and the text on the seal said like keep keep closed or keep out or something so you could not have glued yourself back into the wardrobe uh by yourself after doing a murder and she's like all right i've got doubts but i'll help you investigate um uh i've written here that herlock draco malfoy from avpm is way around the room (laughs) yes accurate (laughs) I know it's also an outdated <laughs> reference now, but just basically, like, 
You can swivel your head around the room with the D-pad, and anytime you're looking in one direction, basically just assume if you swivel to the other direction, Herlock Jones is there doing some antics. Yeah, you're like, you look one way, you look the other way, he's on a desk, he's in a dresser, he's hanging from a coat hook, you know, like, that's just kind of what he does. Um, so he has made a lot of bad initial assumptions. He believes that you, that Cosmo's Russian, because the dying message was Russian in a spell wardrobe. He believes that you are fleeing Russia as a revolutionary who's killed so many people. Uh, he read all this in the newspaper this morning. Uh, he mentions that the boat stopped at Shanghai. I've written here last night, but actually I think it's just recently. The I th- boat stopped in Shanghai recently. I thought it was last night. I thought it was last night also. Well, it was last night, but we later learned that it wasn't last night. Um, but he says last night. Um, and then this is where I, Michelle, put in parentheses. Jazeel Brett was just headed to Shanghai after our last trial. So... She's definitely on this boat. So anyway, Herlock's making all these assumptions. We do not correct him of any of these assumptions. Like, we we maybe try, but not really. Um, we read Kazuma's diary eventually. Herlock reads the diary. Susato reads the diary. We're not allowed to read the diary. It is later read to us. And it says that Kazuma was, like, up very late at, like, 2 a.m. And he he's, like... Hear, I hear a strange whistling noise, and then, like, t- ten seconds later, he does another entry, and he's like, there's a strange speckled band emerging from the vent. Uh, they all say ventilator, and I'm not gonna say ventilator. <laughs> uh, so the vent. So he's... Herlock is super interested and wants to go investigate the other room that's joined by the vent. He won't let us come. So we they- finish up looking around our room. They spent a lot of time being like, oh, it's, you know, why is there a grate in the door? Oh, it's a ventilator for circulation fresh air. It appears, apparently only leads to the room next door. And I'm just still like, what the fuck was the ship design? Well, that's they, like, well. They also asked that question. They're like, why is it going to the room next door? Is it to protect people from poison? No, that would just kill both rooms. Is it to get fresh air? No, they're both sealed. Is it, you know, like, they just go back and, they and don't forth. Answer that. And, ba- and they never answer the question. They're just like, that's weird. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, so we we finish up, like, in our room, and we're gonna sneak over when who shows up? It's it's Inspector Satori Hosunaga, the cop from the last episode. I was so happy Hosunaga was here. He is dying of TB. He's super dying still, yes. But he's dressed like a sailor this time, and you're like, Hosunaga, and he's like, shh, I'm undercover. But he's still holding his arm like a butler. <laughs> yeah, he's still holding his arm like a butler. He's he's undercover to protect Kazuma. Um, so that worked out great. Uh, and he feels really bad because he let Kazuma die on his watch. Um, and he's like, I can't leave the room, but I will fight to the death for you if you can show who assassinated Kazuma. And he's the first fucking dude who's like, I assume you didn't do it, Ryunosuke, because he was your bro. And you're like, no, of course I didn't do it. And he, It's like, what a homie, right? Like, right. the first person to not accuse you of murder is the cop. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing. Love that for us. So you're, he'll, he'll let you, basically he'll let you out if you can prove to him there's grounds to be let into the other room. So you show him the diary and you're like, you know, speckled band, ventilator. And so you're like, cool, um... 
he's he'll let you go. He says, don't leave the first class area. I'll go talk to the captain about it. And I swore to protect you on my life, so I will. So outside in the hall, we meet a big burly sailor guy. He's the guy guarding the first class area. His name is Biff Strongnov. Um, he doesn't like us. He says nothing happened last night, but is clearly lying. Uh, he does tell us the other cabin is occupied by somebody named Grimesby Roylot. He's a Western gentleman, which I find very funny that this Russian sailor says it's a Western gentleman. <laughs> um, they explain the pun of Biff, but I can't remember what it is. Biff, strong enough. Yeah, strong enough. Big, strong enough. Biff, strong enough. Uh, the way I, I do have a note about how he looks if you want a little more description on him. Oh, yeah. We haven't really met anyone new. So now you can yeah. go into what Biff um, looks like. So Biff is, a very, as we said, very big. He is broader than broad, but he's also muscly. Uh, he, it looks like he has, like, red thick lines across his face. Uh, that's, we figure out why later. Uh, his outfit is obviously too small for him. Um, it, you can see his little belly button, big burly arms, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. His eyes are shaped that reminded me of the me customizer. Um, just, like, <laughs> flat across the top and round on the bottom. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. The sailor outfit, the only thing to note, it's like when you think of a classic American Navy outfit, that's the outfit everyone's wearing. Uh, but his little red neckerchief is tied and pinned, so it looks like he's wearing a little fish on his neck. Looks like a fish. Um, there's also another, uh, unremarkable, which I did mention him, another sailor who's guarding your room. And when Hosanaga shows up, he's like, oh, like, I will let you out. Because that other guy was like, I will not let you out. Absolutely not. So he's really the only one doing his job, honestly. Yeah, there's another dude, but I, I don't think he'll come back up later. Um, he was not very involved in the case. I guess we didn't describe Sherlock Holmes, but at this point, do we need to? We no. described him before in the pre in the pregame. Okay, yeah, we've we've described her like then. So okay, so while we're in the hallway, the only other thing that is noteworthy uh, is there's an emergency alarm in the hallway, and if you pull the emergency alarm, it's straight up sends off a shipwide alarm and then causes the entire ship to fully stop, like full reverse its momentum and come to a dead stop in the water. Which is the thing you can do with ships. It's fully insane. <laughs> like truly the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever heard. Especially since multiple, like every time you click it, like Kazuma or like uh, your nose case, like mm, I want to pull it and Susato stops you from pulling it, right? Like, yeah. And, and his, his argument for why he wants to pull it is, well, this is an emergency. I've been accused of murder. <laughs> like, bro, he's no not one's going to save you. Wrong. It he's, won't he's not help wrong. him. No, it won't. So anyway, we go, we hear a woman's shriek from the, uh, from Roy Lott's room, our neighbor connected by the ventilator. So we go in and it's, inside is Roy Lott wielding some scissors do you have a description for this, Stephanie? I do. Roylot is, um, is when you think of, like, a, is very Russian-presenting. A very classic black hat that's, like, fur. I don't know how to describe it except it's a Russian hat. I don't know what the name of this hat is. But it's, it's a black fur hat. Um, round black sunglasses. A full mustache-black beard combo. It, wearing a double-breasted uh, coat. It's, like, an off- black sort of blue-gray color. I couldn't really tell what color it was supposed to be. Um, but it's belted around the waist, brown gloves, holding green-handled scissors, 
and one of the hand is in the, a pocket with a newspaper peeking out, and the nose on this person is very red and bulbous. And the hat mm. name is Yushanka, which literally means ear flap hat, according to Yeah, it's Google. an ear flap hat with the ear flaps up. But I have a note at this point about the Russianness, so let's talk about it. So we are doing a lot of identifying people as Russian in the game. By we, I mean the narrative, the game, the text. Um, things like, do you know the most effective weapon to use against a Russian hiding a secret? <sighs> this is something that Herlakshov says. Do you know the most effective weapon to use against a Russian hiding a secret? The truth, of course. Like, f- like I at this point, I say, I can't tell if I'm insulted by it quite yet. People have insulted, like, the only insult that has happened to our characters and that is unrelated to being Russian is Sasato has been insulted for being poor and because she's in steerage. Like, she's not in first class. So she's been insulted for being poor. Ryanosuke has been insulted for being a criminal and a stowaway and a murderer, but he is a criminal and a stowaway and, a, and accused of being a murderer, so that's not too bad. Yeah, I have... We'll talk about it later, I guess, yeah. I think I... that thing that Herlock said is supposed to be a joke, right? What's the most effective weapon against a Russian is the truth, because it doesn't have anything to do with them being Russian, but... Right. I don't know. So anyway, this is where we learn deduction mode. So we, we enter the room... Roylot is, we're like, we heard a woman scream, and Roylot is like, no one is here but me, a Western gentleman. <laughs> and so Herlock is like, all right. So his thing, this is like the gameplay mechanic we're learning in this case, is Herlock Sholmes's deductions, which Homeboy apparently is a keen observationist, but he just makes bad assumptions, but they're only off by certain words. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we have to correct his deductions to make them right. And we do this by looking at the... Per- it's kind of a fusion of Apollo's thing and Edgeworth's thing. We do this by looking at the character's tells to identify, like, the word that was incorrect. And then we point out the correct word, basically. If that makes sense. With evidence. Right. Um, so there's, this involves a lot of dramatic spotlights and a lot of like glances and, and nefariousness. So at this point, Herlock deduces that this rush is the Russian revolutionary he read about in the newspaper who was cutting his beard off to hide as we walked in. Also in the background, there's a suitcase that keeps jiggling and moving. And so he thinks that he has on the back of that same newspaper, there's a Russian ballerina who has escaped or run away from Shanghai. She's she's gone missing. And so he thinks that this Russian revolutionary has kidnapped the ballerina and is keeping her in that suitcase. Um, the ballerina was wearing an expensive crown at the time. So kidnap the, the ballerina with the crown. This is the revolutionary. We are absolutely not impressed by this. So we were like, okay, that's not the man from the newspaper. They look totally different. But Susado wants us to do that correcting thing. So we are switching the words around. When we switch the words around, we examine Roylot totally. And we notice he has this long blonde hair coming out from the back of his hat. And then we, like, change the camera's perspective slightly to the right and see that the tiara is on the desk. <laughs> so, so we're like, oh... You are the escaped ballerina in disguise, and you are going to cut off your hair in order to hide. Ding! <laughs> you know? She's like, and damn it. If only I was quicker. Yeah. 
rats. If only I had tucked my hair into my hat. Or put my hair in a bun like a ballerina does when I'm like wearing a, ballerina. a wig. Yeah, then I wouldn't even have to cut it off. Wow. Um, anyway, so yes, Roilat is no one, and it's actually the Russian ballerina Nikolina Pavlova. This one I didn't. If this is a pun, I didn't get it. Nina Pavlova. I know a Pavlova is a type of dessert. I think. Yeah, I didn't get. I didn't get that one. So anyway, send us an email at objectothispodcast at gmail dot com and explain to us Nikolina Pavlova's pun. We don't have Kevin to help today. <laughs> um. So we're like, you stole the tiara. You stole the tiara. You ran away. And she's like, no, this tiara was a gift to me from the Earl of Prussia, and it's mine. And it's the only thing I have in the world. And I'm poor otherwise. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't bear it anymore. They were gonna ballerina me to death. I'm 15, and uh, I mean, she's 15. She's almost at like retirement age, right? Yeah, she's she's 15. Um, so she's and 15. Then she- Barely speaks English, and, like, we are giving her the third degree. <laughs> We're absolutely giving her the third degree. I'm glad you said that, though, because let's break, let's keep that in mind. I think this is something that we can keep in mind easier than the Japanese uh, developers could, and I will tell you why later. But yeah. let's keep in mind that the shared language that we are using is English, right? So mm-hmm. everyone on, and that's even, that's not the translation talking. That's, like, the game, right? Mm-hmm. Even in Japanese, the language that we're all speaking is English because we got Russians, we got Sherlock Holmes, who's British, we got the our two Japanese main characters. They're all speaking English to each other because they, you know, X doesn't speak Russian, Y doesn't speak Japanese, right? Like, we're speaking they English. They have to always speak English, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. We also determined sh- the shaky suitcase is that she has a pet in the, the suitcase. Pets are not allowed on the boat. Susada burns us by asking, I don't know if you're, um... You know, if you're a st- if you're a- if you count as a pet or an illegal uh, what were the other illegal possession? A weapon. weapon. A weapon. Yeah, I don't know if you count as a weapon or a pet. <laughs> that was very funny. I thought. Uh, sick bird from Susato. But okay, so we're like, hey, what's your deal? So she's like, okay, when we docked last night in Shanghai, the crew let me on. I'm fleeing to uh, Britain and then eventually to America to start a new life because the ballet is treating me terribly. The crown is a gift and it's mine and I need it because I have no money. When the gang, oh, when the gang, that's our, that's us. When we decide that we point out like, hey, hang on, we didn't actually dock in Shanghai last night. We just passed Shanghai last night. Um, she's like, uh, they're like, how'd you get on the boat? She's like, I descended from heaven because I am an angel. So anyway, we, we're like, you know somebody died in the room next door last night? And she's like, uh, and we're like, you know that in his diary he wrote that a speckled band came down from the ventilator from your room, right? And she's like, uh. <laughs> but before we can, like, question her, uh, in busts our Biff Strongnov, and he says, the captain wants to speak with you, Nikolina. And, and he, like, kicks us out of the room and whisks her away. So... We don't know what to do. So we go back to our room. We find Hosunaga. He's been beat the shit out of by the captain. He's got like a black eye and bruises and very rude of, of the captain to beat up a dying man like that. <laughs> um, so Hosunaga says that Herlock said that there's a they're in the murder scene at the murder scene next to Kazuma. There's a scuff on the floor. It's like not blood. It's brown, but it's not blood. And so he said that Herlock was in here earlier. He said the scuff on the floor was shoe polish. 
And we're like, oh, that matches Cosmo's shoes. Uh, and there's also like a little half of a piece of the thing that looks like a bell and it's like fluorescent pink in the scuff mark. So we're like, what's this scuff mark in this half of a bell got to do with anything? Um, I love how Susato says like, that's the same shoe polish that I used on Cosmo's shoes because Cosmo's shoes are fucking crazy. They're like black shoes with like steampunk ass, like up to the knee, like belts and belts and belts on them absolutely nothing that you would ever like they're wild no i actually wrote a note in here i was like the fact that kazuma has a black outfit but wears dark tan slash red (laughs) wine brick shoe that susato has to repair from susato if you remember is a teacher's daughter and a legal assist a judicial assistant right she has no fucking reason to be doing anything to his shoes no it's no damn sense the shoes are insane not to mention an insane fashion faux pas. Why is there no ridicule for this except that he's a dead man? <laughs> we can't, yeah. Hey, great asterisk to put next to. Is Kazuma cool? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yeah, Susato polishes this grown-ass man's shoes. Um, I assume because she's a woman, but let's not get into it. Um, Hosunaga also at this point mentions that he woke up with a throbbing headache this morning. Keep that in mind. And Susato also mentions she had a headache. Not yet. She she hides that until later. But yes, yeah, Susato also had a headache. And wow, Herlock Sholmes also had a headache. He tells us later. Okay, shoe polish. What Hosunaga also gives us now is the medical report. Because we don't have an autopsy, we have a medical report. The medical report says that uh, Kazuma died because his neck was broken. So, not no traces of poison at all. Uh, at this point, we're like, I don't know what to do. So, go back to Pavlova's room, Nikolina Pavlova's room. It's like we kind of peek out. The crewman is not in the hallway. We're back in her room. Um, the case that was vibrating is open, and there's no animal anywhere. We can't see anything, so we're like, uh-oh, the pet is loose. And then the wardrobe, which... I swear to God, was empty last time we were in this room, is now full of clothes, and also Herlock Sholmes is in it. Yeah, but that's... I think, no, it it was full of clothes. No, not the first time we went into the room, it wasn't. See, Jesse, I'm glad you noticed, because I thought it was empty. It was. Okay, we investigated later then, and it had clothes in it then. But I remember investigating, yes. I'm like, why is there full of clothes in here? Yeah, it's full of clothes the second time we go in the room, but for some reason, when it is... When it is uh, Roylot, when she's posing as the Russian man, her wardrobe is empty. Well, I'm going to go with when Herlock went into the room, he unpacked. He unpacked her suitcase. (laughs) He let the pet out unpacked. Clothes or not. Anyway, we're back in there. We're like, oh, time to investigate. Um, We look and one thing that we notice in the room is that the books are all fucked up, which we noticed in our room, too. Like, there's these shelves full of books and a statue, and the books are all, like, on their side. Complimentary books by the cruise line. (laughs) Yes, complimentary books in every room. Um, But they're all, like, tilted. They're all tilted in the same direction. Um, So, for some reason, every time this happens, Susato fixes them. Yeah, I can't believe, first off, that we're letting her do that. It's a crime scene. And second of all, like, it's also going to happen again. It's a boat. <laughs> it's a boat. Yeah, it's yeah. a boat. This is a part where I'm just kind of, like, walking around the three areas that we can go to repeatedly. So back in the hall, Herlock's there. He's looking at the crew log, or the ship log. And well, we had looked at singing. it earlier. 
He's oh, singing. He's, he's singing to himself, yeah, about how great a detective he is. Yeah. But the way we do it is like, what is that noise? Oh, do you hear that? Huh. It sounds like someone's singing. Like, and then you like turn your head two inches to the right and there he is <laughs> singing to himself. Yeah. I was like, game, we have three rooms and this is how you're going to treat me? I have some problem with that too because like when we're doing the deduction phase and it's like, wow, Herlock is is so wrong about the like kidnap ballerina and we like turn our head two degrees to the left and there's a goddamn fucking tiara on the, you know, like it's like, and we do this again in a later deduction is like, wow, if if, uh, if we had actually competently investigated the room, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's wild to me. But okay, so he's singing, we turn our head and we see him and we're, we all read the book and the book past 2 a.m. The ship log is empty for every half hour. It just has nothing there. And Herlock is like, um, this is weird because the, 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 person who normally mans this station writes nothing to report every half hour when there's nothing to report so why did he leave it blank hmm uh this is where we all talk about having throbbing headaches don't know where to go now back to pavlova's room (laughs) and then the ship alarms start going off like shit starts blaring and so there's an announcement that says the ship has spotted another vessel and needs to fully stop or attempt to maneuver to not crash, and everyone should brace for impact. A thing a ship can do. Yes, a thing. I think they full. Uh, they do full reverse. That's how they attempt to stop. Which, to be fair, Jesse, is a ship a, a thing a ship can do? The full reverse is a thing a ship can do. Stopping on a dime is not. Yeah, <laughs> correct. But we, the way that we deal with this is we kind of fade to black and then we fade back in. Um, the ship has come to a stop. Everything tipped sideways while while this announcement was happening, and then everything stopped. The books are fucked again, the same way that they were fucked in our room. Interesting. Um, and the door has become bolted somehow. Like, the ship tipped in such a way that the door bolt slid shut. Um, so we unbolt the door, and we let in Hosunaga, who was very concerned for our well-being, and we also let in Strongdov and Pavlova, who are not concerned for our well-being. They're more like, what are you doing in my room? I kicked you out of this room. Yeah, they're like, how dare you? And uh, Why are my clothes in the closet? Yeah, why are my, why are my clothes put away? Where's my pet? Um, it was a false alarm due to fog. Somebody hit the emergency alarm. Everyone's mad at you that you opened the suitcase. You're like, we didn't open the suitcase. Um but Strongnob's going to put you in the brig. Like, they're going to put you in prison. Uh, luckily, Herlock shows up. He's wearing the tiara, and he says he solved the murder. Again. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, this is what Herlock's deduction. The murderer entered through the vent, was seen in the act, and is coming for us right now. And it's a snake. And the snake is wrapped around Strongnob's head. Wow. Um, but we're like, hang on a second, that, stri- that snake is striped, not speckled. Yeah, most people are not surprised about the snake. They're just like, this is definitely not a speckled snake. They also read that the starting thing about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really cannot believe they did that. Like, now that we're talking, I guess, I guess they did it to sort of make you think it was a snake the whole time. So now you're like, oh, the snake's here. I suppose, yeah. We're, we're doing deductions. So, deduction time. Sherlock says, Herlock Herlock says, um, Nicolina trained the snake to respond to whistles. 
And the snake is a special breed that sheds its skin, and every time it sheds its skin, it changes its pattern. And she's hiding the shedded snake skin behind her back. Uh, and, and you know, it's a genius way to kill people, basically. And everyone's like, wow, amazing, you solved the murder. Wow, amazing, you solved the murder. Except Susato, who has snake facts in her book. <laughs> this girl? This- snake facts. Not a horse girl. Turns out snake fat girl. Snake fat girl. So the snake fat she is, she throws down are like, hey, Herlock Stones, snakes don't have ears. And also, they don't drink milk. Because supposedly she trained the snake by making it drink milk. Um, she, so, she would reward it with a saucer of milk, which was on the floor. Yeah. And, and, and also, like, he was saying that, uh, <laughs> oh, no, this is part of our deduction is we're kind of, like, piecing, trying to fix his shit. And we, like, turn... Nicolina around slightly and we notice a scratch on the back of her hand and I've written down what they say about the scratches. Get ready for this, guys. Brace yourself. Snakes don't have claws, do they? Says Ryanosuke. Susato. No, they don't. They don't even have hands or feet on which claws might grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fucking snake facts, baby. (laughs) I can't fucking believe that this this game has the line, snakes do not even have hands or feet on which claws might grow. I remember reading that and being like, mm, okay, all right. <laughs> um, I, I know Ryunosuke's a dumb baby, but I feel like, actually, this goes into a note I have about Susato later, so maybe we'll circle back to that. Okay, let's circle back. Because I want to say the other thing, which, like, Snake Facts team did not notice, is that the snake that is wrapped around Snug Stung, Strongnov's face, keeps doing, like, an attacky sort of, like, it pulls him and then it goes, right? right. It doesn't have any teeth. Oh, I didn't notice that. It Does fucking it? doesn't have any teeth. So, like, our brilliant poison plan doesn't work. Because Strongnov's, like, not venomous. Is not venomous later. Sorry, spoilers. It's not venomous. Uh, It doesn't have any fucking teeth. Yeah, because he, he can't be venomous. He has no teeth. He has no fucking teeth. But nobody says it doesn't have any teeth. It, they just are like, no, nah, it's not this one. Anyway, no hands, no hands or feet. No hands um, or feet. So here's the real deduction. Pavlova has an illegal kitten, which we notice because we turn slightly to the right two degrees and notice a framed photo of her and her kitten on the table next to her teapot. Yep. We are the worst investigators well so ever so yes but yeah herlock is worse because herlock 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 is worse go ahead well because herlock is like i've looked at everything in this room and i'm going to hang off the wall or be on this desk or some other weird place because i've looked at everything and then it's like slightly over there did you look at that well, yeah, like like he's bad too, and he should he's bad, and he should feel bad. But we also have traipsed through this room not once, not twice, but three times, and the boat tilted, and we were like, better put the room back together before we let everyone else in, and we like cleaned the fucking room before we unbolted the door. Yeah, I can't fucking believe we did that one either. I'm I one. I can't believe we cleaned the room. Two. I can't believe we cleaned the room, thereby resetting the framed photograph of her and a cat. And then didn't register what the photograph had on it. That photograph also made me mad because I kept trying to present it, but I had to examine, because of the gameplay, I had to examine it first. 
have a conversation about it first and then mm. present it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about like, wow, it's a cat. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I can see it's a cat. I didn't need to talk to Susato about, hey, it's a cat. Hey, it's a cat. No, it was, I agree. But anyway, so Secret Kitten, see it in the photo. It was definitely there the whole time. The kitten scratched her hand the previous night and then ran away through the vent. And then she was trying to lure it back with the speckled band, like from from Kazuma's room. But the speckled band is not snakeskin, it's a cat toy. So she was like waving around this cat toy to try and get the cat back. And then uh, Kazuma died by tripping and falling on the cat, breaking his neck in the in the process. He fell because of her cat. Uh, the cat is wearing a collar in the photo of a fancy glass bell. And so the cat's fancy glass bell, like, broke in half. And the other half is where in her trash can in the room, which we've examined not once, not twice, but three times. <sighs> so... She says, yeah, you got me. I heard the cat. She says, I heard the cat freak out. And then I heard a very loud bang. And she was too scared to tell anyone. And eventually the cat came back. And then now it's escaped again. The cat's name is Darka. Uh, I don't know if that's relevant or not, but I wrote it down. For later when we rank all the animals again. True. And then Strongnov is, the snake belongs to Strongnov. It's not venomous. It's his pet snake. uh, And its name is Piroshko. That's the best I can do. Um, so we're all like, wow, the case is solved. Kazuma died by fucking falling down. And uh, Susato's, Susato, though, is like, hey, Nicolina, if you keep lying, I'm never going to forgive you. It's like straight up what she says. Um, and and Sherlock is like, well, I was going to kind of let Scott Linyard deal with that. But OK, let's fucking go. <laughs> so... Uh, we are all ignoring some key facts. So Rianoski is like, okay, I can do it. I know the key facts. We can find the truth here. So we point out that the, there were Russian letters on the ground by Cosmos head, right? We're like, why would he write in Russian, a language he doesn't know when he was dying? And uh, Pavlova's like, well, maybe he was studying Russian, <laughs> which everyone should write their dying message in the language that they're studying. That's some shit um, Jesse would do. Probably. I, I've written the most incriminating response anyone could have to such a statement is maybe he was learning Russian. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the autopsy report said he died instantly. And and we also point out that the like half of the bell, the glass bell is in the trash can. And how could it have gotten into her trash can if this like cat trip thing happened right how could he write in russian if he died instantly how could half the bell be in this room if he died if if she you know never entered the room right so strong is like okay here's my side of the story pavlova nikolina used to dance on this ship as part of the band before she was discovered by the ballet that's wild but let's not get into it Anyway, uh, he's mad that you keep accusing her of murder. And so he's like, the the door was bolted from the inside. She came to me and told me about the bang. The door was bolted from the inside. She could not have been inside. But oh, ho, ho. Uh, Herlock Sholmes and Ryanosuke know how the door can be bolted, f- but not from the outside. And the answer is someone could hit the emergency stop on the boat to fully stop the boat and bolt the door. Um and Sherlock Holmes admits that he, I'm just going to do both. I'm sorry, I can't keep saying one or the other. So <laughs> understand that when I say one, I mean the same thing. 
So anyway, he admits that he pushed the button earlier today, and that's how the, the whole situation happened, and the full stop that, that showed us that the door can be bolted. Yeah, that, uh, was, that was her lock. That was her lock playing around. Um, so Strongknob's like, nobody pulled the emergency on the ship, and we're like, oh yeah, well why didn't you update the, ca- the ship's log after 2 a.m.? He's like, well, because nothing happened. We're like, well, you would have written nothing to report if nothing happened, so that means something happened. And we also point out, like, all of our headaches and our poor memory of last night. Did everyone eat the chicken dinner? No, Kazuma didn't eat the chicken dinner because Kazuma hates chicken. Asterix, is Kazuma cool? (laughs) (laughs) So the dinner was drugged is what we determined. And the only way the dinner can be drugged is if the whole crew was in on it, right? And then Ryunosuke utters the part, like, absolutely insane line, I do remember chewing a lump of something strange and bitter at one point in my chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, sure e- everyone on this boat is fucking insane. Like, mm. if you hit a strange bitter part of your whole chicken dinner, would you swallow it? No. No, I sure wouldn't. Well, Strungnov admits, like, hey, yeah, we did drug everyone. It was to get Pavlova onto the ship. We couldn't get the drug to fully dissolve, which is why you hit huge bitter shots. <laughs> anyway, since Nicolina used to perform on the boat, she reached out to the boat when she wanted to run away from the ballet. The crew agreed to help. They drugged the entire, um, everyone on the boat. Except for the crew, they did a full stop. A man with a fishing boat brought Pavlova out to the ship from Shanghai. So they never docked at Shanghai. They met another boat. And, and so Herlock points out that, like, then the murder happened and the the murder abused the emergency stop. So we do some final, like, proving things with observation. It's sort of like, remember your keen observations to see which one of them was there at the scene. And indeed, we, like, rotate around Pavlova and Strongnov, and we notice that there's, like, ink stains on the back of Strongnov's little... Tiny uh, shirt. Halter top. Yeah. <laughs> well, not a halter, but yeah, like, his tiny shirt. And it's, like, purple ink, which exactly was the color of the ink that not Russian Kazuma wrote, on, wrote in. <laughs> so he finally admits the story, um, like... What she said about the cat is true. She came to him for help. He rearranged the scene and, like, wrote in the purple ink. Um, but she swears that, she swears up and down that Cosmo was dead when she entered the room. Um, Strong enough admits that he rearranged the scene and then hit the emergency stop again <laughs> to lock the door. So they did it to bring her on board and then, like, an hour later, some other fuck hits the emergency stop. We're never making it to England at this rate. <laughs> Sholmes points out that if Cosma fell, his, like, we're, we're like, what's wrong with this picture? And it's that Cosma's fist is bald. And if he had fallen, his hands would be out to catch himself. So he should have had open palms if he was, like, falling. This is a little bit of a stretch. Um, but Sholmes went in earlier to, to open the bald fist to see if Cosma was holding something. And it's, yes, it's an earring. It's Pavlova's other earring. It's like a perfect crescent moon with a diamond in it. And that's like the earring that she's wearing. Wow. So she tried to go in the room when the cat ran away. Cosma opened the door. And he says this line when he opens the door. Oh, wow, Inspector. What brings you by this late? Oh, you're not. You're not. I was expecting a friend of mine. You know, like. 
keep this in, let's put some brackets on this because it's wild. So anyway, opens the door. He's very nice. He helps her find the cat, promises not to tell about how she's like a fugitive. At the very last moment, Cosmo's like, hey, aren't you that famous Russian ballerina? And she's like, what? How could you possibly know that? And he's like, I attended your performance in Japan and I found it very moving. Mm-hmm. He's so cool. So she's like, please don't... Uh, earlier he agreed not to tell about the cat. Now she's like, please don't tell that I'm a Russian ballerina fugitive, right? And he's like, okay, hang on. I want to get a second opinion about this. And he starts walking towards the wardrobe, which is also the bed section, which is also where there's one of those pull cords to, like, summon a servant um, or a crew member or something. During this time, uh, during this whole investigation, we pull it several times and no one comes. And no one comes in either room. We pull it mm-hmm. in both rooms. No one ever shows up. So while he's turning, he th- she thinks that he's going to rat her out. So she screams and she screams, wait, the cat freaks out, jumps down. And then she pushes Kazuma and he trips on the cat then and then falls and dies. Yeah. So just like the whole crew helped her sneak on. What does it matter if the crew knows that she's there? Because they explain it where she's like, I want my second opinion. And she thought, based on his words, oh, investigator, what brings you this hour? She Then that's why I wanted to come back to this is because she didn't think that that he was going to tell the crew. She thought he was going to tell his friend, the investigator, Mm. i.e. the cops. Right. But let's talk about that for a second, because you you and I know, we all know, that they're speaking the common language of English, but if Kazuma had assumed that Hosunaga knocked on his door, he would speak to Hosunaga in Japanese. Yes. He would have said, oh, Inspector, I didn't, what are you doing here so late? In Japanese. And then when he saw it was a girl who was not Japanese, he would have switched to English, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a so very good So she would point. not have understood when he said the part, "Oh, Hosunaga, Inspector Hosunaga, my friend, why are you here?" right? The only reason I could see that he would have said that in English, and this is me giving excuses for the game and I don't know why I'm doing this, is Kazuma's a fucking nerd, right? He <laughs> is probably like I could see him being like, "I am full English the moment I get on this boat. I got to be good at English." Which I would say to keep uh, Hosunaga's, uh, you know, undercoverness, but he can't, you can't keep his undercoverness if you say Hosunaga or Inspector. Yeah. He, yeah, he said Inspector, so he was not preserving Hosunaga's cover. Also, Hosunaga's the worst undercover officer in any form of media ever. He immediately oh, yeah. tells us he's undercover every time we see him. Yeah, and, um, and he changes none of his mannerisms. No. Uh, and, but yeah, so, um, the only, the only excuse I have, possibly, is Kazuma's a fucking nerd and refused to speak Japanese because he's going to England. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not trying to cinema sins this game, so I'll let it go. But I will say, like, hey, they didn't... In the developer, like, the people who wrote the script wrote it in Japanese. So they made the sort of fatal error of assuming everyone was talking in or understood Japanese. Right. Yeah. I, it's just funny. It happens all the time, right? We do in, it's in true. American media. Everyone assumes everyone's talking English all the time. So, so anyway, somehow we need to prove to Pavlov because this part gets worse. Even if we want to cinema sins it, this part's worse. Somehow we need to prove to Pavlova that Cosmo was not going to snitch her out, and we do this by proving that he was looking at the wardrobe and not at the bell pull cord. 
How can we prove this to her? He's dead and we weren't there. We were asleep in a wardrobe drugged. I don't know. But Sherlock Holmes says you need to use your powers of deduction to prove that he was not looking at the pull cord, but instead was looking at the wardrobe where you were asleep. She buys it for some reason. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so we prove he was looking at the wardrobe because he wanted a second opinion from his best friend, Ryunosuke Naruhodo. Um, oh. So anyway, all's well that ends well. She's a murderer. She killed your friend. Uh, she's going to be handed over to the British cops. Sherlock Holmes is going to make sure she doesn't get deported to Russia. Strongnove feels bad. He's going to turn himself in for tampering with the crime scene and trying to frame you for murder. Uh, Ryunosuke is going to be offloaded in Hong Kong and then sent back to Japan. Because Hosunaga's like, well, this trip's fucked. I gotta send you back. And Susato's like really upset because Kazuma's dead. You know, that's a good reason to be upset. She's holding his katana and crying in our room. We don't notice until we swivel our head to it. <laughs> which is really the rudest shit I can imagine. <laughs> but... So we, we we also feel bad, you know, Hosunaga feels bad that the trip's canceled. And so who appears is Sherlock Holmes. And he's like, hey, uh, your study tour is for one lawyer and one assistant, right? Uh, so that's the reason Susato can't go on without us. But Holmes is like, here's a brilliant idea. Find another lawyer. And, and they're like, no one else is a Japanese qualified lawyer. And he's like, doesn't matter. You're going to Great Britain. Your Japanese qualifications won't matter. So you need to find a, a great British lawyer, right? Somebody barred in Great Britain. So Ryanosuke deter is determined to spend the rest of the one month long voyage studying as hard as he can to get barred in England when they arrive. So that way there will be one assistant and one lawyer. During this time, Hosunaga says that he ha they have 40 days. I would like to point out, Hos Hosunaga, I love you, you dumb idiot. That's not how long a month is. That's not one <laughs> month. Yeah, 40 days is not a month. But we probably had to tack on 10 days because we've been wasting time cutting all power to the <laughs> engines repeatedly. Definitely. Um, but anyway, it's all settled. Uh, Susato says that you should hold on to Kazuma's sword, which was his soul, you know, and it's called Karuma, and it's, like, passed down in the Asogi family for generations which also makes it seem really fucking rude that you, someone who is not in his family, get this sword now. That's a note I wrote, which is, Joe Susano, you shouldn't give away family heirlooms to others. You should no. give it back to his family. Yeah. And also, like, Ryanosuke's like, I have to go on and live through Cosmo's dream to go to Great Britain because there's something important he needed to do there, and we don't know what that is. And he's just like, he never told me. He never told me. I'll have to do it. Um, but okay, we're done now, so thoughts? Um, I guess uh, going back to the crime, I don't understand how Kazuma, the way he fell, got her earring. I don't either, because she pushed him from behind. Yeah. yeah. There is zero That's, that's another sense. thing. Like, I didn't even think of that. I was too busy on all the other shit that doesn't make sense. But yeah, how did he grab her earring? I have no idea, like, and, yeah, because he, and I thought maybe he, like, the way he, like, cracked his neck when he fell was he hit the end of the bedpost. That would but, make more sense. And, like, like maybe uppercut his chin, and that's how his neck cracked. But even then, like, that still doesn't make sense how he died that way. Um, I did write a note, is it really death by tripping over a cat? 
It can't be, but it really is. Um, a push and a cat. I wanted to talk about that because I like. It's an extremely anticlimactic death for Cosma and also for the case. Oh, of, absolutely. Yeah. Of like that he fell and broke his neck. I mean, arguably she pushed him, um, but he fell and broke his neck. And I think that I was like, is this the theme of the game? Is the theme because last case was like we found the murderer, but it was it was um, disappointing in that we will they end it with like being like, and we'll never know why she did it, right? And in this one, it's like it's your best friend, and you have so much destiny going on, and he's like a hero, and we love him, and he can do no wrong, and then he fucking dies in the most anticlimactic way possible. So is the theme of this game like, wow, life is disappointing? So far it is. Um, because we also never find the cat. No, we never find the cat. We never find the original Mr. Grimsby, Grimsby or whatever his name was. We don't know I what his was deal a fake, was. I assume that was a fake name. No, that that was a real cabin for that man. He just wasn't in it. Like, he didn't oh. get on the ship. Well, was he supposed to get on later? Maybe. But that was his cabin that they just put her in, as far was my understanding. I thought it was the fake name. Oh. Interesting. And we never find the the Russian renegade, revolutionary. Oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah Chekhov's Russian revolutionary who's escaped. I is that ever going to come back? You think? I, honestly, I don't know. If this game's about being disappointing, I don't think so. Yeah, if yeah, it, that's true. If the theme of this game is like get used to disappointment, fuck, like <laughs> that's life, baby. Like yeah, that he's not coming back. I assumed they would have some sort of implication about um, the the killer from the last case getting on this boat, Giselle yeah. Brett, but they had they did absolutely no foreshadowing about that, no hints about that. Nope. Like they even saying like, "Wow, there's four cabins in first class, and two of them are you know our situation, and one of them is a British lady." Like that would be enough, right? Right. Yeah. But no. It is a lot of weirdness. Um, we I want to spend the most time talking about Sherlock. Herlock. So uh, I want to talk about other stuff before I talk about Herlock. Okay, yeah. And Jesse, uh, Jesse's thought. Yes. Yeah, like, because it felt like there was more in that, okay, there's going to be a later case that ties everything up. And it's like, that's the only thing I'm holding on to. Because it, it was, it was disappointing. I mean, Michelle and I have talked about this a lot when we do MA versus Plausible. Accidental deaths are disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. They don't feel good. Even though he was pushed, even though we have a murderer, technically, it just is disappointing because it was an accidental death. Yeah, because I was thinking back to the whale case, like, because the whale case is kind of the most, like, Ace Attorney-ass version of an accidental death, and the whale case is disappointing when he and when it's like he had a heart attack <laughs> mm-hmm. yep the only other thing so like i'll talk about my note about susato and then we can get into herlock my note about susato is especially in the very beginning i felt like susato was being not like i felt she was being condescending like everything she said was a dahlia-esque kind of statement something super sweet with a, t- a innocent head tilt yeah, like, yeah. and I know that the, the intention behind her is not Dahlia, but it's the best comparison I could make. And so when she gives all of these sick burns 
to Ryu here. Like, they're good burns, but sometimes she's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, about, like, a like, give him a Susano takedown. She goes, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Like, yeah. that's her, like, being like, what? And, like, you, like, yelling at him not to read the diary, but then letting her, yeah. like, read the diary. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's just something that was just not quite landing for Susato. When I first started to play this case, I had to put it down because I was just not vibing with anybody, and I just could I like, it was unenjoyable to play, so I waited a little bit, and then I picked it back up. So, I love playing as Apollo. Apollo is my favorite. And I felt like I was Apollo, not in that it was my favorite, but in that everyone hated me, and Capcom specifically hated me while playing as Ryu. That's what I felt like. It, yeah, I get well, that. And I get that because Rio is two for two accused of murder. Yeah. Which I'll take Rio being accused of murder, murder over Susato, honestly. Well, there's still time. There's still Hang plenty on. of time, baby. Uh, so I don't know. The Susato thing kind of like feels strange. Um, but I, I don't really know how to reconcile it. I feel like as the game went on, it was more clear. It was sincerely her personality and not a Dahlia situation, but it, it, something still feels a bit off to me, and I can't quite put it to words. I think you're on to something, though, and it, it's gonna, like, we'll see more. Like, maybe it'll be different when we get to know her more. But, like, I think that what they're trying to do with Susato is synthesize every fae into one woman. Because the Susato takedown is Pearl. The, like, sort of feigned uh, innocence is Dahlia, is both of the twins right like we haven't seen a lot of maya yet but i'm sure it'll happen like, like i saw a lot of maya in the wanting to go mess with crime scene stuff and kind of take some things but not really oh yeah like that i want to pull the bell because i've always wanted i've always dreamt of pulling yes, the that bell was the most cord. maya part of her and then like snake facts is like mia right when she pulls out the book and she knows everything is like mia yeah so maybe that's what it is, is they're trying to give a nod to that. I did the thing where you can look in the, like, the directory and you can look at all the art and there's some comments there. There's also this overlaying thing that they keep forcing through and she's the ideal Japanese lady is, like, the quotes that they keep coming back to. So I don't know if it's, like, the coyness of a, a, a sweet, demure Japanese lady, but she can sock it to you in a very coy but demure way and that's, like part of the ideal i'm not sure i'm not a meiji era japanese man but like that it's it's something just doesn't cement and so like if she kept going this trajectory and then she turns out was our master villain then i'd be like oh that's why but maybe it's just she's got a weird personality maybe i think that's interesting though because it maybe it is like a sort of cultural difference but where you're picking up on like you know when in movies or TV or whatever they like write the Hollywood writes like the most desirable woman, right? Like mm -hmm. let's say the the woman the lady in red, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when we know when we see a Hollywood lady in red like this is a man writing the most stereotypically desirable woman. Right. And yes. you pick up on all of the things about that that feel very uncomfortable and fake. I wonder if you, like, we don't, we don't recognize the Japanese version of that because of cultural differences, but I wonder if you're picking them up, the fakeness. 
I would. So that would make sense. <laughs> I And maybe this is too neat. Like, maybe I'm getting too much into, like, I don't know. I didn't take any, like, women's study shit. So I'm sorry if I just sound like a fucking absolutely, like, roided out feminist right now. But, like... <laughs> interesting you know what i mean like and the lady in red situation is not all feminist like fakeness because you can't feel it and i would say like literally any action movie where there's only one lady that's it right (laughs) like like, the fast and the furious like that like i haven't seen any of them but her (laughs) or like any you know back when avengers just had black widow her right like (laughs) you feel it yeah you definitely feel it um, so I don't know if you, if you have more words for it or like you're picking up on it or you totally disagree with me, definitely send an email. Cause I'm curious what other people think. Um, but I know we're going pretty long, but I do want to talk about our initial reactions of Herlock. Get into Herlock. Yeah. Jesse, you want to go first? He's a dumbass and I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming to the episode. Uh, <laughs> like... I feel like what they were trying, whatever it was they were trying to do just didn't hit well with me. And like, like he reminds me of someone that I actually know in real life, but I have yet to figure out who. And so I'm upset because I'm like, whoever it is, I don't like that. I don't like the character that it, that Herlock is because of that. I'm I'm glad you said this because this case has um, like it, it it was very succinct. This case got me though feeling like so like Herlock is a fucking idiot, right? But also we're all idiots. Like this case is very much like hey, if if every single one of you wasn't dumb as shit, we would have solved this an hour ago. Like the picture frame thing, the tiara thing. Like if you all weren't absolute dumbasses, maybe we could solve something. That's how I felt. But yes, also Herlock's an idiot. And also everyone keeps calling him like himbo Sherlock Holmes. He's not a himbo because he's not nice. He doesn't drink his respect women juice at all. He, no. He doesn't drink his respect women juice. He's mean. He's mean. He's mean. Um, he has some, like, this, like, I texted Michelle this again at a point, then the part of the difficulty was me in the beginning of, like, playing this and putting it down again. I was like, we're being now racist to three nationalities at once. Yeah. <laughs> and it was hard to just deal with. Um, I wrote down some things that he said, and one of them was kind of a good zigger, but also, like, was unfounded like the one you read earlier Michelle of like how you know how with the rush like why'd you yeah, bring how up do you Russians disarm a Russian or whatever yeah how do you disarm a Russian with the truth like why the fuck did you say that why did you say that um hold on where is it? oh if you really are from the land of the rising sun you've been blinded by it yeah. that fucked me up too yeah <laughs> I was like that's a really good zigger but how dare you use that zigger in this context and we were not talking about him being Japanese at that moment at all no, that's a good zinger to use in other people, like in other circumstance. Like if if Herlock went to Japan and he would be like, "Oh, I have like blinded by the land of the," you know, like that. There's a way to use that in a way that's not racist, but just saying that is like weird. And it's also it feels like he's trying to he's I mean, which is true. It's because he is. He's just trying to show off that he knows things. He's trying to show off that he knows that it's called the land of the rising sun. Yeah, and yeah. then any like anything he says about Russians, they're it's insulting. It's um, 
what was the other thing that really just got to me? Um, oh, the other thing that really irritated me was the boxing. I know canonically Sherlock is a boxer, but Herlock in that outfit and with the energy <laughs> and the bishy face had no reason to just start boxing moves in front of me. Like, yeah, he has some pretty elaborate sprites where he does like fake boxing. And, like, it's a lot of energy and a lot of movement, and his laugh is insulting and super annoying. His full body laugh upsets, like, he just makes me, like, want to leave the party, right? Like, this guy is talking to me at a party, and I'm cornered in the room with my warm drink in my hand, and I can't leave. That's how it feels, like, every time I'm talking to Sherlock in this game. Herlock. Yeah. yeah, and if you were at the party, you would be able to trick him into, like, going and fighting a tree or something. But, you know, we can't do that here. I, I don't think I hate him as much as you guys hate him. I did think he was absolutely an idiot and, and not in an endearing way. I wanted him to be endearingly stupid, but there was nothing to endear him to me. Well, and here's the thing, too, is, like, it's so an endearingly stupid detective, this game's done that, and they did it perfect, and his name is Dick Gumshoe. Right. Yeah. So, like, you cannot be like, let's do a different endearingly stupid detective. Because also, we saw from DGS, not DGS, sorry, Investigations 2, that Gumshoe can be smart and endearingly stupid, like, at the same time. Like, Gumshoe's really with it in Investigations too. Absolutely, and Gumshoe's my ideal. Hosunaga's also doing it in this game. Hosunaga's so refreshing. I love Hosunaga. I like, adore this man. He's also an idiot. I... He's also an idiot, but he's a nice idiot. <laughs> he's... he's a sweetheart, and he has, like, justice actually in his heart he he's incredibly misguided yes. i feel so bad for him every time i see him because he is bleeding or beat up and dying and i just feel so bad for him it's gonna but... be real sad when he dies of tuberculosis in this game because he's not on the cover <laughs> <laughs> maybe he won't die of tuberculosis because he's not on the cover oh that's true maybe everyone on the cover's dead Hard to say. I mean, I need to pull up the art to see if he's on the cover. <laughs> the second one? No, of the of the Chronicles, like the, of the, the Chronicles. Box set. Oh. Is he, did he make the cut? I don't, I don't know. think so. I've gazoogled it. No, he's not. Oh, no. He's not. Um, I feel like he won't die until the end of the second game, mostly because that means they would have to have a new investigator. Well, we might get a British one. That's true. We might get a Scotland Yard. I cannot believe how big Cosmo is on the cover. <laughs> His shadow He's is so looming. Big. It's because, yeah, it's going to be a looming, like, constant... Rem it's kind of be like that constant, like, I gotta do this for him, I gotta do this for him. He's going to be the ghost that isn't there, but is super there. I swear to God, though, going back to that point, if his sword starts talking, I might have to quit the game. <laughs> I don't think I could handle a talking sword in this franchise. If Okay, look, I will say this, though. Cosmo, if Cosmo's sword can talk... Then absolutely, Simon Blackwell has a ghost sword. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. It's not a metaphor. Yeah, if if Cosmo's sword can talk, Simon Blackwell's sword is not a metaphor. Well, that's all. I mean, like I, you know, I I struggled with the first case a lot more than I struggled with this one. Not like difficulty, but emotionally, <laughs> I I really struggled with the first one. This one was a little bit easier for me. Um, 
I want to see where we go next. I hope that maybe, maybe Iris will like balance out Sherlock a little bit so he's less of a fucking menace. Yeah, I mean, like, and the thing I read online after I finished this case, because I was looking up something, because this case is very short, I will say that. Like, case two is very short. And apparently it's supposed to, it's supposed to be your introduction to deductions. That's the whole point of the case. And from there, the game gets less handholdy and more of just playing the game. So we have kind of that to look forward to or not look forward to, depending how it goes. Yeah. Because um, yeah, case one is like introduction to court. This case two is introduction to deduction. We did a lot of investigating in this one as well. Although we did it like dumb babies, as Michelle <laughs> pointed out. So I didn't hate the case. Once I like put it down and picked it back up, I was more fine with it. Except I just kept trying to warm up to Sherlock and I couldn't. And I kept trying to figure out what Susato's deal was and I couldn't. So that was the frustration I was mostly dealing with. And then the disappointment of he, he tripped and died. Right. I don't know. Because mostly I played I played the game like in between work when I could. So everything is a haze. So I don't remember a thing. We just explained all of it to yeah, you. Yeah, I know. I was here for that. <laughs> you remembered it while we were explaining it. Yeah, that's the important part. Like, what do what did I think of this? And I'm kind, of, I'm kind of in that spot too, though, where like I played it at lunch at work, or like when I was riding my exercise bike in little sort of bite-sized chunks. I don't know if that made the and not on the TV. I'm like playing it in handheld, so I don't know if that changes the like if if the boxing was less annoying to me because it only took up the whole small switch screen instead of the whole TV in my living yeah. room. And I played definitely the opposite ways. I sat down for the weekend and I just played through it on my TV. I picked it up for handheld a couple of times, but for the most part, yeah, I played it on my TV uh, and I played like over the over the course of two days, the case. Yeah, because I played it handheld and it felt too big just on the Switch screen because I'm like, this is too big for Ace Attorney. Ace Attorney shouldn't be this wide. <laughs> No, it's wild. It's kind of wild still. It's definitely it is, like yeah, not it. It doesn't feel right not having a pocket size Ace Attorney. Um, the music I can't really comment on. I just know at one point it got super Japanese when we were talking about Kazuba, but I can't remember if there was any other noteworthy music changes in this. I found the music in this case to be a little bit more um, adventurous, like the sort of the score of an indiana jones movie kind of vibe like like very much or the mummy but like not the action-packed parts of the mummy the parts where they like are in a library or like on a boat clearly like sort of the like put on your pith helmet we're going on an adventure that's kind of like what the feel of this case's music sounded like to me and it was fine it was just also like it's not blowing my mind but it's good yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if when we get to England and we get to those court parts, I wonder if they're saving. Like, I think maybe they are saving that good stuff for us. So I'm hoping that that I was right for my guess the first time, and that the music will kind of keep hitting home. Once we can't get there. wait for Von Zeke's theme. He better have a banger. His theme he has to be amazing because he is something. He sure is. I assume. Hopefully, we'll get there next time. Yeah. 
Any other final thoughts? Um, well, no, I think I'm good. Let me look at my notes, because I did take notes, and I haven't referred to them much. I, get, I had one note in the first case where lawyers had only existed for a few years in Japan, but they were already corrupt. Yeah, it's. I think I think that even more reinforces that the theme of this game is going to be futility. The fact that you brought up like lawyers just barely exist and they're corrupt, and Ryanosuke slash Kazuma are going to go on this adventure to to England and bring back like legal principles for Japan, which are not going to make a difference because we've seen the future and the legal system in Japan in future slash present Ace Attorney is fucked. So there was no. There was no best of times. It's all worst of times. And I will say, just for both of you, and maybe other people disagree, I watched the sh- one of the shorts, and it was like 15 minutes long, and I don't recommend it. It wasn't good. Oh, no. Of, I, of I have Phoenix not talking it. to Ryu, and they're like, oh, you look weird. Oh, you look very crisp. And they're, like, commenting on their age difference, even though one is technically older because he exists in the past, even though he is technically younger because he is a newer character. It was all meta like that, and it was a, mm. not a good use of time. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe people would think it's very whimsical and fun. I don't know. But it was the announcement of the game, the game coming out in Japan, and Aji was involved. How's Aji doing? I think he's fine. Oh, okay. I did um, like new judge that we had in Japan. Let's see how judge in London is like. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well I think we're gonna wrap it up here then. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or the clarifications, you can text me, Jing, or you can email <laughs> us everyone else at objectothispodcast at gmail.com. You can ch- reach out to us on Tumblr at objectothis.tumblr.com. Thanks, Michelle, um, for the garbage at the end, but thanks Dark Shadow Rage sure. 2 off the YouTubes for this, uh, our theme song, Hey Pell, a Detective Gumshoe remix. Find us on Podbean, find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, leave a review and a rating. Yeah, thanks for showing up, Jesse. No problem. Sorry, the Tumblr has been not great. I have been busy. Jesse yeah, so- doesn't even have school anymore, except she does have school still. Because she teaches that or something. I don't yeah. know. Just got jobs I'm doing things. <laughs> Jesse is doing things. Yes. So, uh, you know, congrats, Jesse, if you would like to at those at those locations <laughs> also. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm Stephanie. I'm Michelle. I'm Jesse. And that was Object to This, so why don't you object to that? I'm so